Hello, my name is Steve Hendricks and I'm the president here at MDOT Care. Welcome to the latest edition of the MDOT Care Pod Series. Today, I'm honored and really excited to have Mark Saxon uh, with us. Mark Saxon, we've known for quite some time. Uh, until recently, he was the vice president of clinical operations at Mercy Virtual in St. Louis. He is now the president of uh, virtual uh, healthcare consulting. And so Mark and I have, uh, we've had a lot of conversations over the years. You're gonna really be enlightened and, and uh, enjoy uh, today's conversation. So Mark, welcome. Steve, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate it. They've taken the time with me. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So let's go back a couple of years. So two or three years ago, you and I kind of were in the beginning stages of what is now telehealth and virtual care. We've come forward now through and including the, the COVID virus. And so kind of where, where were we a couple of years ago? What's changed over the last couple of years, especially here in the last six months? And where do you see the state of the industry today? Uh, I think, so a few years ago, it, it's the same thing. It's trying to take a traditional healthcare system and trying to help them explain what virtual care telemedicine is. I think there's a lot of ideas out there. I think people recognize it was something, right. but it's also not really how does it, not understanding how it helps me or how we kind of move it forward. Uh, fast track to COVID-19. I think we just went from not knowing what's going on. We landed on Mars. Yeah. Uh, I would say we advanced the stuff we've been trying to push for several years that I talked would take two to three years, we advanced it in a four month period. I think instead of saying telemedicine virtual care is a entity, it's now a vehicle delivering healthcare to everybody. Yeah. And I think that recognition, the understanding, the government regulations that have changed, yeah. I think all of that has changed it. I, I would say you, you recognize the pandemic showed exposure to traditional healthcare, this opened it up to provide opportunities for the future. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, you know, when we, uh, when I explain it to people, it's kind of like what was once the ex, the exception, you know, is yeah. now the expectation. Right. People at home, individuals, patients, this is going to be the way they expect to be treated as we go forward. So given that, where do you see us going in the next couple of years in and around telehealth and virtual care? I think it's really important what you just described. I think customers, patients are not only expecting it, it's the standard of care that should be set. So I think care is going to be shifting more to the home. I think it's going to be more of a, of a teamwork approach more than just one area doing one thing. I think we have to look at the, the holistic approach to the patient. Don't just look at the patient disease state, but let's look at the social economic factors that come into this. What makes that patient unique, but also how do we help progress the speed of it by maximizing resources, maximizing providers? And I, I'll use an example. The same care you get in a rural Missouri town or a rural Kansas town should be the same care you get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Telehealth virtual care allows that. It not only allows that, it creates a seamless structure that it's a team approach more than I have to go to this institution, this provider, and it creates an environment that actually not only is welcomed by patients, is needed and used correctly. Providers are in heaven with it. It's a fantastic tool. Right. So talk a little bit about what are some of the, the outcomes, some of the results that you've experienced, um, both at Mercy Virtual and in your consulting practice, from leveraging the technologies combined with the clinical expertise? 
The one thing I find is that if it's it's not necessarily about the technology, it's not necessarily about the clinicians, it's the combination of both right. and the patient. And what happens is, I'll use an example, it's the people, process, and technology working seamlessly together for one outcome. Some of the outcomes we saw, we see uh, with some of our at-home programs, we see a 98.2% satisfaction rate with those. We see the ability to be more proactive in care. So you reduce the hospitalizations by 40%. You reduce unnecessary EV visits by 39%. You increase provider satisfaction, which people understand that providers are getting killed right now in their practices. They're having difficulty trying to see patients in seven to 11 minutes that that all of a sudden you're able to have some more time with them, but you also have more data on them. So when you do see the patients, it's quality time that comes into it. To me, those types of numbers of reducing unnecessary stroke complications, reducing unnecessary hospitalizations, taking people off of ventilators faster. We've shown a 35% reduction in vent use cases by doing it in a team approach with virtual care. Those are the things that people are not only better for the patient, it's better for the system because it lowers the cost and increase the patient satisfaction, increase the provider satisfaction, and creates a better quality of care that comes out to me. Yeah, that's great. And again, some of that information you just shared comes from your experience at Mercy Virtual. And in our next series, and, and luckily we're gonna to get to do a couple of them together, sure. we're gonna talk a little bit more about specifically some of the work you did at Mercy Virtual and how that got started and, and where that is today. Maybe my last question for this particular series kind of has to do with where the government's role is in all of this, right? We've known all along that without reimbursement, without the government acknowledging telehealth and virtual care, it's really not ever going to be what it could be. Sure. And we've seen a dramatic change, a lot of that because of COVID. Maybe just take the last couple of minutes here to talk about that. I have to tell you, I, so I've, I've been had the pleasure of working with, again, local governments. I've had the pleasure of going to federal governments. I've had the pleasure of working with HHS. Things that they weren't sure about, they were scared about saying, I'm scared this isn't gonna work or it's gonna raise money or cost money. COVID shows not only does it work, it creates a cheaper, a higher quality outcome that comes out to it. And what I like is that the recognition of certain waivers or certain abilities to do stuff, or certain able to bill for something you couldn't bill for before because they understand the quality of care is better and the outcome is better. Those types of things with what's happening in four and a half months, five months, six months, whatever you looked at, has shown that it, it's accepted. And stuff I truly thought would, that would take years, right. years to do, the government not only worked well to do this, they had almost had to do this, but it also shows there's more opportunities that we haven't even talked about. It's the state line regulations, it's some of the credentialing processes, some of those things are out there that it just sped it up. So we're able to have those conversations by not on deaf ears, but on, wow, this we really have to get this addressed because this is a big problem. Um, I think insurance carriers recognize it. I, I think that's a big process, too. And so I would tell you, I think it's sped it up. The acceptance is not only much better, it actually is at the top of people's agendas, particularly in you know Congress, HHS, the White House, uh, governor's offices, because we're getting pressure by all those levels. Yeah, very good. Mark, thank you. We'll have another session uh, again. If you have any questions relevant to virtual care or the topics that we've covered in the earlier podcast series, uh, please send those to stevehm.care. That wraps up today. To all of you, be well, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.